HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Our master cheesemaker program is one of the only two in the world. So it's no wonder every master in America has called Wisconsin home. Find your next favorite cheese and meet our makers at wisconsincheese.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kara Warren, and today on the show, we have Orphe Palioton, uh, a French licensed cheesemaker from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and owner of Alpinage Cheese, a new startup cheese company focusing on making Alpinage style, or Alpine, excuse me, Alpinage is so good, I've already called it <laughs> what the style it's making, which is Alpine style cheese, and most specifically, he's focusing on raclette cheese uh, through their brand, Mount Raclette. Orphe, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Hey, thank you, Kara. Thank you for having me. I'm doing wonderful. And uh, yeah, pretty excited to uh, talk about cheese with you guys today. So yeah, well, I well, first thing I have to ask you is actually, how has your uh, Raclette season been going? Is it strong? <laughs> well, uh, so we, we, you know, it took almost like, I would say, three years to, uh, to start this uh, company and, and sell our first wedge of cheese. And we actually started selling uh, last September. So it was right at the beginning of the season. Uh, so it was really, you know, we, we, we took our time and uh, it ended up like being a very good season actually for us. So uh, now we have a, a lot of new issue who uh, came up, like uh, increasing our production and, uh, you know, working on new recipe as well, because uh, uh, obviously we get a lot of uh, feedback from our uh, customer. So, yeah, a lot of new challenges uh, coming our way. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, season, the season, sorry, has been pretty good so far. So it's a good sign. It's a good sign. No, oh, that's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, so actually, I, now this is I want to let the listeners know. You're still you still have a daytime gig. You're still in IT, um, <laughs> which is yep. which is so cool because I love that you've made this career crossover. Um, what is it that brought you over into cheese? Well, I think you know during COVID, uh, I think a lot of people uh, ask themselves, you know, what they what they want to do with their uh, free time. Uh, we all had a lot of free. I wouldn't say free time, but you know, uh, <laughs> working from home and uh, actually, actually, I didn't work for like two months because. Uh, all the, the the people at my workplace uh, got uh, laid off for a couple of weeks, so you know you just stay home and you're like, well, uh, maybe it's time to find or to do something I really want to do with my life. So that's what I went through, and 
I have been uh, dating uh, Paula, so Paula Hamral. She's from a sixth generation uh, dairy farmer, and uh, you know we obviously with her family we always talk about uh, cheese. Uh, actually, her parents uh, are the founder of Saxon Creamery, which is um, pretty well known uh, cheese cheese uh, cheese brand uh, distributed nationwide. And you know we always talk about cheese and me being French. Uh, I guess we always joke about, you know, uh, me someday uh, making cheese here in America. So, you know, during this uh, COVID time, uh, I was always thinking about, you know, someday making uh, making a product. I, I love food. Uh, it was not necessarily cheese, but, um, you know, I got the opportunity to actually got into the cheese world and uh, I wanted to give it a try. So I really focused on it during uh, COVID. And uh, now here, here we are. Uh, with uh, Alpinage cheese and, and uh, making uh, raclette cheese. So, yeah, it's been a journey. So they teased you into this challenge a little bit, it sounds like. They kind of egged you on there at Saxon Creamery. Yeah, <laughs> let's say this way. So actually, I'm not part of Saxon Creamery anymore. So they retired like uh, six ah, or seven okay. years ago. Um, and now Saxon is part of uh, another uh, you know, group of uh, cheesemaker. But they have been in the cheese world pretty much see their entire life. So, yeah, they were, you know, uh, joking about, you know, me being French. Either you yeah. make cheese or you make wine. And, uh, well, in this case, it was uh, it was cheese. And, uh, you know, me coming here in America from France, uh, in France and in general in Europe, actually, we eat a lot of uh, raclette cheese, especially in, uh, in winter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, when I moved here, I was uh, looking for raclette cheese and uh it was pretty hard to find local raclette. Uh, stores do have some raclette coming from Switzerland and uh, some from France, but it was not readily available. So it was a good opportunity. I just saw an opportunity. Uh, always wanted to create my own company in, in the food business. And uh, I was like, well, let's do it. I'm going to make raclette cheese. And yeah, uh, yeah fast forward 2022, uh, selling uh, raclette now in the Milwaukee area. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's, I mean, I think that's, that's very exciting. And um, talking about sourcing milk then, how did that go for you and, and what kind of milk are you using? So, yeah, very good question. Uh, I, you know, I, I think people tend to, to forget about, yeah, to make cheese, you need milk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, when I, when I first, uh, you know, bring the idea of, of, you know, create a cheese company, um, I did not realize how, I wouldn't say, I mean, I would say complicated, but it's, it's really a long journey. It's not that easy. Uh, and, uh, I quickly realized that, but, uh, you know, I took it as a challenge. Uh, so how to find milk, that was the first question, obviously. Um, but I, I first started uh, working with the center for dairy research, uh, in, uh, at the university of, uh, Wisconsin, uh, in Madison and uh, they have a, I mean, they have a great crew there. It's just uh, awesome what they have uh, over there. I, I don't know if you have ever, if you have ever been there, but uh, it's really a great place to, um, well, to make cheese. Uh, you can uh, talk about cheese. They have a lot of uh, professor, a lot of researcher, and they uh, put me in contact pretty much with uh, uh, places where I could uh, make the cheese. Um, also. Uh, Paula's parents, they are from the Green Bay area, and uh, there is a, a cheese plant there uh, that uh, I, I I got into contact with them. And, okay. uh, and uh, well, 
you know, when, when I was when I started this journey in the cheese making, uh, I really wanted to make raw milk cheese. Um, it's really something I wanted to make because, uh, you know, I'm trying to differentiate myself from all the, the other cheesemaker here in Wisconsin. And as you know, Wisconsin is a, is a state of, of cheese. So there is a lot of cheesemaker out there. And I really wanted to make raw milk cheese, not just to differentiate myself, but also to make uh, a cheese with uh, you know, a unique flavor, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. From so anyway, uh, and uh, so finding a place where you can make cheese is difficult, but finding a place where you can make raw milk cheese is even more difficult. But again, uh, surrounded by all the great people I, I met along the way at the Center for Dairy Research and, and, and Paula's family, I found uh, a place that... Uh, was up for the challenge and they accepted uh, me to work there and make the cheese using their milk. So it's uh, one of the actually largest uh, privately owned uh, dairy uh, dairy farm in the state of Wisconsin named uh, Pagels Panarosa, and they are located in Kiwani County. So it's like uh, 30 minutes from uh, Green Bay. And uh, they have, I mean, great place. Uh, it's just one of the best definitely in my in, in my opinion one of the best milk you can find uh, out there and they were really welcoming uh with uh our project and uh, they let me use their uh, facility and they have a great facility the milk is right on site it's a farmstead uh, creamery so you know the milk is still warm um uh, when we uh, pour the milk in the vat so we can start working with it right away uh, we don't hold the milk anywhere. It's just right there. So, I mean, for freshness, I think you cannot get better, uh, oh, a better place to make cheese. So I'm, we're I'm very jealous lucky. of you. <laughs> yeah, very grateful, very lucky. And matter of fact, uh, so I, and we can talk about it later, but uh, when I was in France for some training, uh, cheese training, uh, when I mentioned that, uh, yeah, I, I get the milk pretty much still warm in the vat, uh, people were amazed. And I mean, you know, in France, you have a, a lot of cheesemakers as well. And uh, yeah, they were like extremely surprised and amazed by by this facility. So yeah, I feel grateful, um, and uh, that's where I'm making the cheese. So it's 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 really cool. And and so you mentioned that you went to France too, by the way. So I like that you've taken actually like two very different cheese making cultures. Um, how does like so you went to France and what did you study in France when you went there? Is is it just cheese making? I think you mentioned in in our interview earlier. Um, uh, that you also did affinage. You studied some yep. affinage as well. Yeah, exactly. So making a, a alpine style cheese, um, it's quite different uh, from uh, the majority of cheese uh, made here uh, in Wisconsin. So I, I really vo- wanted to focus on, so first making raw milk cheese, but also uh, focusing on the affinage part of the cheese making process. So affinage is a French word for aging. And uh, yeah, I wanted to open air age uh, the cheese uh, I'm making. And for this process, uh, it's, it's not very common, uh, I believe, in Wisconsin. And uh, me being French, I was like, well, I'm just going to get the knowledge where the knowledge is. And I uh, flew back to France and I, I started learning about the affinage science uh, there. So I spent a week at, the, at Maison Mons. So it's a... Uh, Hervé and Laurent Mons uh, uh, company, and I got trained there. Uh, he is a very well-known uh, cheesemaker in, in France. 
distributing cheese pretty much all around the world. And uh, so I got a training there. They have amazing facilities. Um, and uh, and I, I guess I learned, you know, the, the, the secret of uh, affinage and brought that back here uh, in America. So that's very cool. And so um, your caves then, are they at the farmstead? dairy or do you have it like built into your house yeah. or something what, <laughs> what's going on there then so yeah good question and again that's why i put another i would say uh difficulty to this to this journey uh because so i found the raw milk i found the place where i can make the cheese but then i gotta find a place where to age the cheese so for this i looked for several months for a place where i could age the cheese uh i couldn't find any place to do it so I decided to build my own uh, aging place, uh, and uh, I found a commercial space in uh, Oak Creek, Wisconsin. So it's like ten minutes south of Milwaukee, and uh, I built my own little uh, dairy plant where I am actually sitting right now, right behind the wheels, uh, quietly aging uh, behind my back. And it took almost, uh, I would say, eight months uh, to get all the license and all the uh, you know, yeah, pretty much all the license uh, to open this uh, this small dairy plant where I just age the cheese I am making. So it's really like an aging center. Oh, that's amazing! That's super cool, actually. And and you did this licensing through the state, through Wisconsin. Is that how it goes? Uh, yeah. So you get a. So yeah, <laughs> and you know, I'm not even from America. So for me, I kind of learn all this uh, like uh, as things go. Uh, so yeah, you got to first, you know, rent a place that is that has the zoning that that is the uh you know correct for what you want to do so yeah. let's go through the city uh then you got to pull all the permit because we actually built uh inside this uh, space we actually built a, a small little space uh so you have to go through the city and then you have to go through the state uh to get your uh, dairy plant uh, license and then you have to register through the uh, fda so yeah you pretty much have to go through several layers to actually uh, get there. Yeah. And, and that's really something, uh, you know, I, I, it's probably not the subject today, but uh, I was lucky enough to have, uh, I would say, some savings uh, because yeah. it has cost a lot of money. And I mean, my place is very small. Uh, so yeah, it was really a challenge for me. I, I do have a little bit of savings. So, and, and uh, yeah, I, I push myself to go all the way. But to be honest, uh, you have to pour a lot of, a lot of money to actually uh, uh, make cheese, uh, especially if you're not from a dairy farm. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty complicated. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I was going to ask you a little bit about that because I, I've been thinking about that. Like within the U.S., is there is there a grant? Is there something in our in one of the federal departments that helps people uh, create new dairy businesses? I've been thinking about this a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, yeah. how did that seem to you when did you did you look at all to the U.S. government for anything like this or? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, very good question, actually, Kara. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I, I, the, the idea uh, I had about America in general, uh, it's obviously the, the, the picture we want to give us back in France. So it's, it's uh, you know, a free country where you can do a lot of things, but you got to do it on your own. And actually, uh, when I start, you know, uh, putting everything together uh, to start my cheese company, uh, I found out that there is a lot of help out there for uh, startup dairy company, but also for dairy farmers or a milk producer and, and cheesemaker. 
And so I was extremely surprised, but what a great surprise to get a lot of financial help from several, uh, from several, I would say, instances. I don't know if you say that in English, but uh, so the first one, just to lead them because they, they have been very, very good to me. So I really want to make sure, you know, I, I give them a shout out. It's uh, the first one is probably uh, Cheese, Wisconsin. Uh, maybe you heard about them. Uh, I would say it's the dairy lobby uh, of Wisconsin. And uh, they have been supporting me uh, financially, but also marketing-wise and uh, also to expand my, my sales. Uh, so that's how we actually met at the Fancy Food Show last week. So they invite me over there uh, mm, to okay. showcase my, my product. So it was really, really cool. Uh, the second one is the University of uh, Wisconsin in Madison through the Center for Dairy Research. So they do have a grant in place uh, to help small uh, cheese company uh, to start. So they also gave me a, a, a grant. And the last one is the uh, DBIA. Uh, so there it's the, the Dairy Business uh, Innovation, I think, Alliance, if I remember well. So I think it's a federal grant, uh, but they do help also uh, small and also medium uh, cheese making company, not only in Wisconsin, but also in uh, five or six other states. Uh, it's a competitive grant and I applied last year and uh, I was uh, awarded uh, a grant as well. So I did have like three uh, financial help to start this company, which was uh, very, very helpful. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it's great. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I feel very lucky. Uh, so yeah, no, congratulations. That's amazing. And I, I think it needs a person of your preparedness and um, organization to, to receive these um, yeah. grants and, and, and these um, not loans, but these monies. And I, I really think it's, um, this is so, this is such strong information for the up and coming cheesemakers out there um, because we do have, uh, listeners like that. So thank you for sharing oh, yeah, no that problem. info. It's it's definitely important for us to share that. Um, okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, Orphe. Hey, everyone out there, you're listening to Cutting the Curd with me, Kara Warren, and uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. In Wisconsin, cheese is our thing. Wisconsin is the only state in the country that requires a license to make cheese. From curds to cheddar, blue to brick, Wisconsin cheesemakers can do it all. We blend tradition with innovation to create an incredible variety of cheeses that you just can't get anywhere else. You've heard of a PhD, but have you heard of a PH cheese? otherwise known as the Wisconsin Master Cheesemaker Program. This rigorous study of cheese is an elite accomplishment earned by only 80 talented cheesemakers in Wisconsin, and the program is only one of two in the world. Becoming a master cheesemaker takes 13 years and is basically like a doctorate in a specific variety of cheese, with intense requirements to succeed. Our Master Cheesemaker Program allows makers to perfect both the art and science of their craft in a tradition so rich you can taste it. Find your next favorite cheese and meet our makers at wisconsincheese.com. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren, and today on the show I have Orphe, uh, a cheese maker of a raclette cheese uh, from Wisconsin, and we're super stoked he's up and coming, uh, and I'm really excited to actually try his cheese at some point. I know it's around the corner sometime soon. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, but I, wa- I want to circle back, Orphe, to uh, yeah. wh- why the raclette style? I mean, there's a lot of different styles of cheese. Why were you uh, so passionate to bring about a raclette style? Uh, you know, I, I uh, the, the when I started when I started this uh, cheese journey, I was like, well, uh, first a raclette because I, I personally, personally, sorry, I couldn't find it find it easily here. Oh yeah, you were saying. Yeah. So there, there is there is store. I mean, there are stores out there that carry uh, raclette, and the majority, actually, pretty much all the raclette they carry is coming from France. I love my country. I love France. Uh, I love Europe in general. But I was I was just like, well. We have so much milk here in Wisconsin. Why are we bringing all this cheese from France, crossing the ocean to sell it here? We can do it here, right? Locally. And just mm-hmm. uh, have uh, this cheese uh, made uh, with uh, milk from uh, from Wisconsin. So that was also, you know, one of the reasons. I was like, okay, well, if nobody's making it here, I guess I'm going to make it. And it's also a way to have a space in this. I mean, it's it's a crowded uh, space, you know, uh, cheese. Um I, I'm making cheese, you know, I, I also need to make a little bit of money, obviously. So if I'm starting to make a cheddar and, and Gouda, it's going to be extremely hard for me and very competitive. So I'm just trying to bring a new product uh, that is not necessarily made here locally and that uh, people want to buy. I mean, if it's in stores uh, coming from Europe, that's mean uh, there is a market for it. So uh, that's one of the reasons. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's how I, you know, I, I, I came to the conclusion that, uh, well, if I want to make this cheese, uh, I'm going to have to focus on the aging as well. And, right. uh, and how long are you aging it for, by the way? And what kind of flavor profile are you aiming aiming for? So, yeah, so for our raclette, so we have two versions of raclette right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a mild version. Uh, so we call it mild. It's not, uh, I don't think it's very a good name for it. Uh, we're actually in the process of changing the name to uh, summer raclette. Uh, why summer? Because it's it's a very uh, fruity, uh, a very sweet uh, raclette flavor profile. Um, and uh, the other one we make is a classic. So as a name, it's it's a uh, you know the one we we I used to eat uh, back in France, which is a little bit more like earthy, uh, deep flavor. Uh, and uh, you know we really wanted to have two flavor profile just because I'm not trying to impose the you know the flavor we we do have back in france uh i think it's uh it's uh, sometimes a mistake that uh in other field people do is they try to bring exactly the product we eat we eat sorry in, in another country but you know we're in america and uh people have a different palate than in europe so i wanted to make again a mild that is very sweet and and very fruity which uh in my opinion is very appealing for the u.s market uh, but obviously I also wanted to bring, you know, the classic, which is what I used to eat in France. So today we have two choice and, uh, everybody can eat raclette. And they're both under, so you have summer raclette and then the other one is, uh, Mount, uh, Mount raclette or is it both so, Mount raclette? So the Mount raclette is actually, the, and he, I know it might be a little bit confusing. So Mount raclette is actually our trademark for our oh, okay. uh, product line of raclette. So, so we have the summer raclette and the classic raclette, and we are just starting to make a, a bunch of flavor uh, raclette as well. Uh, 
so we want to expand our product line under Montraclet, which is our uh, trademark. That's awesome. Um, and so then I have to ask you now, um, in terms of pairings uh, with Reclet, uh, what, do you have any favorite pairings? I mean, this is the season, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, yeah, we do, we do. Uh, so we uh, the, the the good thing about the raclette we we are making uh, we it's not you don't have to necessarily melt it. Uh, we wanted to make a raclette that is also good as a table cheese. Uh, I think it's very very important uh, to 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 say that because you know not everybody is familiar with the way to eat raclette back in Europe, uh, which is usually a cheese that you melt. Um, so you use a, a raclette device. Uh, not everybody has that here uh, because it's not pretty common. So, uh, as a table cheese, um, you can we like to pair it with uh, fruits uh, like apple. Uh, it's very good with, with apple, or um, you can also pair it with uh, almond and uh, bread, crusty bread, uh, or crackers. That's uh, very good as well. Um, if you want to melt it, uh, you can uh, you can do it with uh, potatoes. And cornichon that you call pickles here. Yeah, yeah, uh, very good. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I mean, uh, I, I, lo- I mean, listen, I'm a sucker for the boiled potatoes and the cornichons. Oh, you know, uh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely, no, no. But I love that you explained it because you know I don't like to assume that everyone knows all about these fun cheese parties or these cheese devices. I mean, it's uh it's something that, you know, I see, I've been seeing more and more on Instagram, um, people doing the, the melting shot, you know, where the whole side of the raclette is like the half a wheel is cut in half. And, you know, you see it ooze all over the potatoes. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a game changer. Some might say, you know, and oh, I, yeah. I hope, yeah, <laughs> I hope you guys sure. get in on that. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. That, that, that's really the typical way, uh, especially in, in Europe. So you, you have a half wheel of raclette and you just scrap the cheese right off the wheel, uh, on the, on a plate of potatoes, uh, boiled potatoes. And, and dry meats as well as uh, pickles. And that's, you know, it's it's really an experience more than just another cheese. Uh, and, you know, that's what uh, we, we tell our customer at Farmer's Market. You know, it, it is another cheese, but it's also an experience, uh, raclette experience, where you can, you know, sit at the table uh, with your family, with your raclette device in the middle of the table. Everybody uh, grab a piece of cheese, uh, melt it, and pour it on his plate. So, you know, you try to involve, uh, you're involved, sorry, in, 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 in the making of your own dish. And I, I do believe that it's really something that uh, uh, people are attracted with this cheese. Uh, it's, it's really an experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. So I want to ask you, what, uh, in terms of like your next few years for Mount Reclette, what are you expecting? Do, do you have like a little plan or is it just like, let's make cheese right now? Well, uh, so right now, I so we when we were at the the fancy food show. So we are a very small company, but you know we we were in America too. So why not dream big, right? So we mm-hmm. uh, went there and uh, we met some uh, distributor uh, as well as well as retailer. And uh, right now, to you know, the, the next challenge is really to increase our production. Uh, to do this, uh, we need to invest even more, even more money to buy uh, equipment. And actually, I just received this morning a, a, a mail from uh, a company in Spain. So I'm going to buy a bunch of uh, new cheese molds. Uh, so for for people who don't know what is a cheese mold, it's it's uh, what we use to actually press the curd, uh, and then you get the wheel out of it. 
so I bought a bunch of uh, mold from Europe. Uh, so hopefully I'm going to get them in like uh, one or two months if uh, uh, the ship arrive on time, which is um, pretty, I'm pretty hopeful on this uh, <laughs> in the situation yeah. of the yeah, supply chain in the world. But so that's gonna, really going to help us to improve, to increase our production and, and to reach more, more, uh, more customer. Uh, because today we're at several farmers markets, but uh, if we want to expand to the retail uh, world, we really need to increase the production. Uh, coming with this, obviously, it's uh, you get a poor, poor, sorry, more money into the company. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything is self-funded. We have the grant, but you know there is a, a limit to the grant. You cannot mm-hmm. ask for unlimited money. So uh, all this is just uh, yeah part of the game. Uh, increase the production and, and reach. Uh, more uh, customer. Now for the brand Mont Raclette, uh, as I mentioned, so we have the summer uh, Raclette, the classic one. We have uh, several uh, flavors as well. Uh, so cumin seeds, uh, fenugreek, rosemary. And uh, we are actually uh, right now working on another recipe, which is not going to be Raclette. Uh, it's going to be a, a brand new cheese uh, in a very small format, actually. Uh, so not like a, a large 12 inch uh, diameter wheels. It's going to be much, much smaller. And we're uh, right now working with the Center for Dairy Research on this new product. So we are actually trying to expand uh, our, our product, uh, not just Reclet, and utilize our aging space as much as we can. And, and so you mentioned, you know, that um, you're retailing it at farmers markets right now. Um, I think the other next step, which we've talked about a little bit in our preview, was distribution. Um, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? How that's been going for you, or some of the challenges, or um, maybe uh, some yeah. of the the good the good things that have happened so far? So right now we do everything ourselves uh, with my daily job. Uh, so yeah. I'm lucky that actually Paula is working full time for the company now, so she she really helps me. Um, but uh, we do everything ourselves. So we go to farmer's market ourselves. Uh, we do the delivery to stores uh, ourselves. And um, so, yeah, it, it's it's pretty time consuming. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but uh, in the future, you know, again, we're as long as we can keep up with the demand and we can increase the production, then we can find a other solution. And, and maybe finally, which I really don't want to do, but. I'm gonna to have to open the door of a bank and maybe ask for a loan and, and you know try to expand our our, our company uh, the way we have to at some point. But right now we do everything ourselves, so it's really time consuming. Uh, and it's been six months. I haven't had any uh, weekend to myself. I'm not complaining because I'm very excited about making cheese, but it it, it takes uh, a lot of time. So you you really have to be 100 percent if you uh, wanna. Yeah, uh, create your cheese company. It's it's not just a, it, it can't just be a hobby. You know, it, it's it's it really takes all your time. So um, that's the challenge today. It's to uh, yeah uh, stay alive and you know, <laughs> and uh, make more cheese and and then keep up with the with the demand. Totally. I mean, and I, I'm going to count that as your advice to the cheesemakers because that was one of the questions I was thinking of um, for this interview. Was that you know. Oh, there's a lot of people. Huh, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, there's people out there who want to start and become cheesemakers. And hearing your story really uh, shows a light on what it takes to do this. And I, I, I think it's 
I'm excited for you. Um, <laughs> you. Do, do you will you have any online uh, e-commerce store yeah. situation yeah. going if people want to order this nationally? Yeah, yeah. So we we do have a we do have a website uh, www.alpinagecheese.com where uh, you can buy our our raclette cheese. And uh, and so right now, obviously, we're just selling uh, in in the Milwaukee area, but uh, but we're talking to distributors. So we'll see what the future brings us. But uh, to to get back to just what you said, you know, doing farmers market, uh, you, you meet a lot of of maker, obviously. So people who actually make product as well. And uh, for cheese, you know, if if you want to make, and again, I, I don't want to I don't want to say it's it's probably easier uh, to make another product, but to make cheese, uh, it, it's you can't make cheese out of your kitchen or out of a commercial kitchen and sell it at a farmer's market. Uh, it's, yeah, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but, you know, you got to get uh, milk and you cannot get milk from a store. You really have to get milk from a farm. Uh, you need equipment that are very, very expensive. And uh, you need time as well if you want to age your cheese. And the majority of, of cheese are, are aged. Not open-air aged necessarily, but they, they are aged in, in cold storage. So all these investments, you know, to, to sell uh, at uh, farmer's markets, it's probably not worth it. Uh, You're probably going to lose a lot of money. Uh, so it's, it's a business that you have, you have to scale. You have to scale up. You have to do volumes if, if you really want to, you know, live with your passion, uh, which is cheese. Uh, today everything is still financed by you know my daily job, uh, but you know I'm hopeful. Uh, I think uh, we we did the, everything that we needed to do to to grow. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not not that easy, but very exciting. And I would add that the cheese world is amazing. A lot of great people and a lot of support. So you know it it keeps us uh, going. Yeah, no, I I love it. Uh, th I want to say thank you for coming on the show today, Orphe. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate oh, it. Thank yeah. you. No, 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 yeah, definitely. And um, I just want to tell the listeners out there, um, if you want to follow Orphe and follow Alpinage, please follow them on Instagram at Alpinage Cheese. That's A-L-P-I-N-A-G-E, Cheese. And you can follow us at Cutting the Curd or myself at Kara Warren. Um, and also please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, thanks and eat more cheese. And uh, guys, uh, have a great week. Orphe, once again, thank you for coming on the show today. This was great. Thank you, Kara. Appreciate it. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.